the people of sake actually brought me into sake. Back in 1988, this place was actually in Ginza on the main drag. At first it was kind of soy sauce, it was miso. To the point where it actually changed my life. New Year's Day 1989. Uh, not just sake as a beverage, but all the culture and history. And... Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Sake on Air, the world's number one podcast dedicated to Japan's iconic beverages of sake and shochu. Broadcasting under normal circumstances from the Japan Sake and Shochu Information Center uh, in the heart of Tokyo. Uh, given the nature of the world, we are recording satellite today on the crew.、Uh, we have Marie Nagata. Marie, how are you doing this morning? Good morning, Justin. It is morning indeed. A bit early for all of us here. <laughs> we, don't, we, don't, we don't record this early, early very often. This is, a, this is a new endeavor. But it's been a good change. Yeah, it's, it's, perfect, it's healthy. <laughs> it is healthy, and you know what's also healthy? Some Amazake inner system. That's a yeah, good way to start the day. And that's what I should have done had I been more、uh, thoughtful here.、Um, but that is exactly what we're talking about today is Amazake. And、uh, we are very lucky to be joined by Ms. Shoko Baba from Hakkai san. Um, hi, good morning, everyone. <laughs> good morning, Justin. Good morning, good morning, Marie. Thank you for having me today.、Um, well, my official position in、uh, Hakai san is a salesperson, but I do、uh, specifically for、uh, exporting our products to overseas.、Uh, my market is mainly European countries, but I actually do travel all over the world upon request. So,、um, And is your position specifically for Amazake or do you do Sakai san sake in general? I do Sakai san、uh, product overall. Anything that we、uh, ship out to overseas is my item. And、uh, Amazake is the newest edition、uh, mm. for my portfolio. And、um, Amazake, we started to ship it out, Amazake, overseas, an、uh, Asian country first, and then to North America. In 2019. So it's a fairly new、uh, product. How has the overseas reaction been? I may be jumping the gun a bit here, but I'm just curious. Yeah, well, Asian countries, they have you know, their own rice drink in their culture. So it's not so difficult to understand what it is, Amazake, and to take that taste. But、uh, for American market,、um, I mean, we believe it, it is going to be a little bit challenging. Uh, because there is no like foundation, like foundational information about rice based drink. I mean, except horacha, I think it's from、uh, Mexico, but it's completely different thing. It's just adding tons of sugars and all those spices. So it's different types of rice drink, but they might be able to understand a little bit better. But so far, what we see. When, when we have a chance to let them drink amasake,、uh, their normal reaction is pretty positive because it's, I mean, it's a very, very sweet、uh, drink. So um, um, people like to add in, in the coffee.、Uh, people like to,、uh, I mean, drink straight,、uh, like、add a little bit of lemons or something like that to make it refreshing. Interesting. Yeah, we'll, yeah we'll, have to, we'll have to dig into some of those、um, ways of enjoying、uh, Amazaki and some, some proposals、um, that you, that you yes, have here.、Yes. Um, but I imagine you know, a lot of our listeners are probably, you know, if you're listening to Sake on Air, Hakkai san is probably a very familiar name、um, to anybody just about anywhere, as it's generally, you know, Hakkai san sake is readily available in a lot of. Countries you know, across Asia, across the US. So, a lot of people are probably familiar with、uh, at least the name Hakkai san、uh, when it comes to sake.、Um, however, might be, they might be wondering why and we're bringing you on for Amazake. We'll have to do another episode one day just looking at Hakkai san sake and what you all are up to because there's a lot to really unpack in there.、Um, but for those that are wondering you know, why Hakkai san for Amazake, it's because you guys have really. Brought Amazake to the forefront in Japan in recent years and made it available and brought it to market in a way that it has really, really changed people's relationship with the beverage 
as well as just given it a level of presence um, that it didn't have even 10 years ago. Um, and so I'm, and then it's also the fact that Hawkeye Sun has just, you know, obviously the, the skill and the craft of making incredible sake. And so being able to then apply that to making a high quality Amazake product, because it's, there aren't too many places that have really, you know, invested in Amazake, you know, as a market and as a product, you see a lot and a lot of different ones in Japan. Now you're starting to see a lot of producers, um, not just sake makers, but other fermented food product makers or miso makers or different places starting to make, you know, a small amount of Amazake, but you guys have really brought it to you. You've basically put it on the map again in Japan after it's been, after it's been gone for a long time. Um, so where's, so Shoko, real quick for our listeners, what is Amazake? I feel like well, we should get, we should get that out of the word. We should get that should out of the way here real quick. That's true. What that's are we true. talking about when we're talking about Amazake? So Amazake is a uh, koji fermented rice drink. It has been, uh, it has been enjoyed by Japanese people since the Edo era. Uh, we don't know exact day, you know, exact you know, how the Amazake came into the market, but uh, uh, the oldest, you know, the writings were found in around the Edo era. So people have been drinking Amazake for a long time. Amazake is a rice drink. And that's that's the one, it's a koji Amazake, the one of it. And then we have another type of Amazake, Sake Kasu Amazake, which is uh, recently more popular. Uh, the people associate amazake with a sake kasu amazake normally more than uh, koji amazake but it's both a rice-based drink and it's very very sweet and people tend to associate amazake in in the winter time yeah like i said and that's it will so you, you say it's a you know a koji fermented rice-based beverage so your mm-hmm. ingredients consist of koji or koji rice koji rice and rice water. and water mm-hmm. that's it that's it. That's it. Right. And so it, in the grand scheme of things, it's a relatively simple ferment, right? It's a yeah. relatively simple ferment. I mean, yeah. of course, making a good product is certainly a challenge, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's relatively simple just to, you know, if you're just looking to make amazake, it's relatively yeah, um, simple process. Yeah. Yeah. We just need to uh, control the temperature of uh, fermentation. For you know, koji to be able to um, you know actively ferment. So in a way, so for those who are similar or familiar with sake, it's kind of like really early stage preparation for the starter, the shubo. In a way, it's mm-hmm. right. you know, it's you know before you get any other sort of fermentation, it's basically like that first eight to ten hours when you're just getting those uh, what's the word when you're starting to get those enzymes working to. Um, right. Bring out those um, those sugars, which is why it's so sweet. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And so you and then you mentioned um, amazake made from sake kasu as well too. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like you said. That tends to be at least in Japan uh, or until recently, a lot of people's association with amazake was yes sake kasu. Yeah. Yes. 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 And it's strange. That was, at least for me, you know, say 20 years ago, that was the only <clears throat> thing that I had ever experienced or encountered. Mm-hmm. And so if, mm-hmm. you know, if you said Amazake, that's what everybody right. presented you with. Right. Whereas now it, it's starting to feel like the opposite. <clears throat> Whereas if you say Amazake, they're referring to this koji fermented mm-hmm. beverage, which yes, is very, very different. Years, yes. That transition, do, yeah. you, do you know, how did that happen? Where did that come from? Do you have Yeah, any... like, I'm super curious, too. Like, how did this come about? Because just like Justin said earlier, um, I think, you know, in the future, this question of what do you think Amazake is could even be yeah. a generational question, where I am definitely <laughs> <laughs> of um, the older clan here, where mm-hmm. my first interactions or, or encounters with Amazake was Kasu Amazake. We had it for Hinamatsuri or like Girls' Day, or we right. had it at the shrine for New Year's, right. and it was in a in a you know as a child it was like this warm syrupy kind of funky, not right. really tasty, but uh, like a ceremonial <laughs> right. drink. 
Right. To now, I think if we asked kids growing up these days, they may have had an earlier and more frequent interaction with amazake because now, um, like Justin said, koji-based amazake is so widely available, at least mm-hmm. here in Japan. And that's almost kind of overtaking mm-hmm. or, or replacing the kasa amazake as kind of the default amazake now. Yeah. I think that what happens was that, um, okay, so 2011, Shiokoji got so popular. <laughs> and Shiokoji is basically the same thing as Amazake, but, you know, a lot of salt added. So uh, you use it for, uh, like, fermenting, like, marinade for, like, meat and fish and vegetables. And what happens is that that enzyme works on those proteins of the food to make it, you know, softer meat and more umami comes out and all those good stuff. So, like, many companies started to make shiokoji and it got so, so, so popular. And Hakai-san is, the one, you know, another company that, you know, who produced shiokoji as well. So, when shiokoji got spotlight, you know, people were starting to looking into those, like, good, uh, you know, effects of the koji fermentation does. And then, you know, like people started to focusing on Amazaki as well. And then those are the times when like NHKs and like TV program, like other TV program, I mean, TV stations or like uh, beauty magazines, the magazine for moms, you know, started to picking up Amazaki effect. And mm-hmm. that's kind of like, you know, start, started a fire. And I guess in... Yeah, and you mentioned, you know, for whether it's for health or for moms, it was a very different demographic from sake. Oh, definitely. And I guess the important difference to point out is that sake Mm kasu-based amazake, there is no actual fermentation happening in there. There is no natural ferment in that process. Right. Sake kasu amazake already finished the stages yeah. of the fermentation because it's already made sake. The kasu is the leftover, uh, you know, rice particles. And then the why the sake kasu, uh, uh, amasake, I mean, amasake generally related to winter time is that, that uh, like Marie said, that, you know, shrines, you know, offers New Year's Day, you know, like nice, you know, nice warm offerings. And also, uh, sake kasu only available in the winter time because we only that's make sake true. in the winter time mm-hmm. and we press in the winter time. So, yeah. and that's why uh, a lot of times the people encounter with amasake, sake kasu amasake is in the winter. So mm-hmm. people kind of like have that in mind. Yeah. So amasake equals in the winter drinks. And, and sake kasu is really tasty, but it does have a very, it has a unique quality to it, uh, yeah. you know, flavor wise that, if you don't enjoy the flavor of sake a little bit, even though the amount of alcohol mm-hmm. in there is negligible, mm-hmm. it's very, very small. There still is because it's made from kasu. There's a little bit of um, a very, 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 very mi- minor alcohol content in there. There is mm-hmm. some of the flavor that comes from that. And so, you know, it's not for everybody. It doesn't have quite that healthy image i guess you could say yeah, and yeah. the sweetness or from that, that universal appeal i think right, right. like as a grown-up now and also as an avid sake drinker i have definitely developed a taste for sake katsu in all sorts of things whether it be amazake or using it in different cooking but i think as a child you know obviously previously never had sake before even just kind of getting a whiff of a hot cup of amazake katsu amazake mm-hmm. it, I remember it feeling really kind of unique and strange and just kind of very foreign in, ter- in terms of flavor profile. And so I can see that Koji Amazake definitely has a wider appeal to people who are not otherwise um, familiar with sake. And then the, the sweetness from there, and this is also important because there's no fermentation happening in the sake kasu based ones you're just adding a lot of sugar in there. And they gen- they tend to add a lot of sugar in there. <laughs> right. You know, so yeah. from that health standpoint, so when you're looking at, like you said, you know, whether it's for, um, whether you're appealing to um, a, a market where mm-hmm. you're serving it to children or mm-hmm. it's from a, a health-related proposition or something mm-hmm. like that, 
um, something that has minimal alcohol content and a whole lot of sugar (laughs) versus um, what you're talking about, that koji, that natural fermented amazake has no added sugar and you have all of the active enzymes and things from a natural fermentation that has happened. The composition of what it is and what it's made from is very, very different. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, one thing I would like to mention about the sake kasu amazake is that uh, sake kasu amazake is uh, this is probably like one another episode. <laughs> I mean, yeah. sake kasu is yeah. is an amazing byproduct yeah. from sake, and sake kasu has a certain quality and certain components that only can achieve by sake kasu because of the multiple layer of the fermentation already happened. So finally, the component can be, you know it come out then you know human body would be able to nourish that components uh so uh, that's probably another you know type of talk but uh sake kasu amasake has a has a good effect mm. for for our body as well yeah as the koji amasake yeah yeah absolutely i said they're they're they they both have a great deal of appeal but they're when you break exactly. them down they're they're exactly. very very different exactly um, yeah um I want to, so I, in getting ready kind of for this episode, I wanted to, to look back a little bit as to sort of where this Amazake stuff came from. Mm. Um, Cause as we said, from a fermentation standpoint, it's fair, it's fairly simple. Um, oh, the mechanism of yeah. the fermentation? Oh, well, I guess yeah. a, a little bit. It's relatively simple, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, I put some notes together. I'm just going to kind of run down some history real fast. Um, so when it comes to koji-based amazake, um, they don't know exactly how long it's been around for, but the original references date back to you know about 720 AD or so, um, but they suggest that it was in use to some degree, maybe even well before that. Um, and so actually, and so at that time, you know, long time, it was used, as you said, in different festivals or for ceremonial purposes. Um, and the nature of the product may have changed, but that association is really, really strong. Um, from there, it kind of, you know, you don't see a whole lot of detailed information until we start to get a little closer to um, the Edo period. Um, and what's interesting, the reason, one of the reasons they think that this is what they're talking about is something similar to the koji based amazake that we're talking about is the way it's written they call it uh hitoyasake uh, which written it means one night sake as in can be made overnight um and the amazake that we're talking about generally the ferment for it takes six to ten hours or so would that be would that be about right? Does that sound yeah, yeah. reasonable? Yes. And then a lot of the things actually suggest that it was made uh, in summer and that it was a summer beverage. Right. Um, and it says that, you know, the actual brewing, all the records say that it was made between late June and early September, which is actually mm. um, in that time. It suggests it was kind of, it was a beverage to kind of beat the heat in, in a way. <laughs> Um, that's right. when it was made, and that's generally right. when it was um, sold. Yeah. And that's really ambiguous uh, uh, historical information as well. But uh, yeah. I've learned that uh, you know the people who are making amasake and the sell around the town in amasake is actually a sake makers, because sake oh. makers have a, a, a koji, but sake maker only makes sake in the winter time. So you know what are we going to do with those koji in the summertime? You know, like let's make amazake and sell around. So it's it's a kind of like a business proposal, and also like Justin said, uh, you know, it is a nourishment in the, in the summertime. So the uh, you know the the one of the uh, the the uh, the old book Morisada Manko in 19, uh, 1853. It's sort of like a it's like a, a the picture. It, it's like a cult like. The book to for the cultural references at the time, and then this this book says that it has the the picture of a amazake boy, you know, having that like little taru, amazake taru, and like you know little fire to make it warm. 
and have it on on his shoulder and walk around the the uh, city of Tokyo, Kyoto, and Osaka in the summertime. And he was selling amasake uh, yummon for mon. I don't know what's equivalent to to mm, currency uh, yeah. <laughs> in in this you know right now, but uh, it's fairly cheap, I guess. Uh, uh, one cup for yummon for you know selling around in the summertime. So a lot of like I think uh, you know fermentation you know uh, uh, the people who studied fermentation was really questioned like why summer why not winter because you know like we were talking about a lot of people associate amasake with the winter time mm-hmm. but you know amasake historically was more popular drink in the summertime for the mm-hmm. fatig use in yeah. the summer. Yeah. And also sake production shifting to winter is actually relatively recent in the grand scheme of things exactly. as well, too. That was a, that was an Edo period shift as well, exactly. too. So and just kind of to put it in context with um, early. So the, the, the earliest record of koji being used in sake production is from about 710 ish. Um, at least is the, the earliest record that they have. It's they say it's in the, the Harima no. Uh, and essentially what this was, um, they basically sent out and asked for a survey to be done of different, um, a survey of the land, agricultural practices and resources, mm-hmm. geographic info on rivers, mountains. And that's where you see the first references, at least in in writing to koji being used to make sake specifically, mm. um, which kind of lines up with when you see about the first references of amazake as well too, and around 720 or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, you kind of see these things. So they were probably being made well before that. This is just when the first relatively concrete references come about. And you right. see amazake references to that being referred to in different contexts and using different languages from language from sake as well. So these things coexisted in a way mm-hmm. um, to some capacity, even um, that far back. Um, and then when it comes to sake kasu amazake, um, and so the first one you see is this, um, it's called a kasu yusake, and this is around the eighth century or so. And right. it says that it was drank in order to keep warm during the mm-hmm. co- during yeah. the cold winter months. And so yeah. you have around, again, around the same time, you have this Koji-based amazake that is being made in the summer as a way to sort of beat the heat. And then you have this um, Kasu-based amazake. Um, how sweet it was, it's hard to say, but remember the sake was very different. The sake itself was probably sweeter. They weren't yeah. pressing as much. So there was probably a lot of sake left in, mm-hmm. in whatever this was too. Um, and yeah. so it, it's it sort of served a very different function, but even right. now, when you talk about the sake kasu um, being available in the winter, it also has this sort of connotation of having this sort of warming effect as well, too. And so now it gets it gets used in a lot of yeah. you know soups and stews and other types of right. food and for culinary purposes right. in the winter too. It sort of has this right. sense of warming effect as well. And so mm-hmm. there were actually two things that existed in very different contexts for different exactly. purposes. Exactly. And sakekasu amasake, I mean sakekasu, you know, like amasake getting popular when, you know, sake industry developed into sort of like, you know, like uh not industrialized in a way, but like, you know, uh the sakekasu needs to have a certain quality. So then, you know, machineries, you know, into the the sake making process you know, becoming widely available like yabuta or other method of like pressing that uh, sake and then to make the sake kasu to be uh, delicious. I mean, before that, the sake kasu was really kasu, really something that you have to throw away. I mean, you, you know, needed to get better for people to be able to enjoy. So, yeah, yeah the, the, as the technology has changed a lot, right? People's relationship with how they use it has probably has evolved a great deal, I imagine, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you start to see, and then it's, you know, an Ed, during the Edo period, as you said, which is about early 1600s to about the mid 1800s, that's when you see it really picking up and you see a lot of references to it. And you mm-hmm. see 
not just as a drink, but also in a lot of uh, like essentially cookbooks, mm-hmm. you start to see omazake popping up a lot, um, mm-hmm. not just as a, as a drink, but as something that can be used in cooking sweets and things added to things like manju, uh, additional flavorings mm-hmm. in soy sauce. Um, and just, you start to see a lot of diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess what's also important just for kind of for our context and looking at, you know, kind of where Amazake sits now is that, you know, as a, I guess, as a ferment, what it is, they said, it's the core fermentation that's part of sake, right? If you're going to make Amazake, of course, you're going to do things a little bit differently, you know, whether it comes to temperature and what you, your, your, and your goal end product is different, but then why did this kind of fall off the map? If it's something that's technically so present you know, in production or a similar type of thing is being made. Hmm. Um, it l- looks like it really started to boom right around the turn of the century, around the night, around the, in the 1900s. Um, you started to get a lot of research and a lot more understanding, but it pretty much disappeared um, after the great Kanto earthquake of 1923. It is what it sounds like is that it just really all of like, I mean, right. It was just, I mean, Tokyo was just, obliterated right Mm -hmm. and so when it came to reinvesting in the tools and the resources and all those Mm -hmm. things to bring that it just didn't really take priority and you had that followed by world war ii and that was a time where because you know rice was being rationed so much um yeah and then post-war just with the economic growth and expansion and the influx of other sweeteners and other products and refrigeration all these things Amazake essentially disappeared up until, honestly, you know what you mentioned before around 2011 with the 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 rediscovery or the discovery of Shio Koji. I mean, you're looking at almost a hundred years where Koji fermented based Amazake was, you know, even a, a similar practice was being engaged in in sake production you know it wasn't mm-hmm. the practice of making something similar to that day to day it didn't mm-hmm. disappear but mm-hmm. as a product and being something that was a part of people's lives it was gone for almost a hundred years um which is really really which is really really wild that you know <laughs> essentially right now we're in this kind of this period of japan rediscovering amazake at the <laughs> same time that we're you know you're now setting out to bring Amazake to, to the, the entire world, right? <laughs> um, right. And I, I really, I'm curious to learn, you know, more about sort of Hakkaisa Amazake because, you know, as I mentioned, you're in a very unique position um, now for a couple of reasons. One, you make incredible sake. So you have all those skills and all that know-how. And then the other, as you mentioned, you make, Hakkaisa actually has another company that makes a lot of other fermented food products um, and things, you know, using local foods and ingredients. And mm-hmm. so, you know, getting into making something like Amazake, you were, mm-hmm. and of course, then where you're based in Onoma and Niigata and access to rice and all these right. things, you know, you're really, you were very much in a prime position to right. bring this back. And so right. what was it? When did, when did Amazake then for Hakkaisen, when did that become a thing? So mm-hmm. Shio Koji picks up in, in 2011. When right. does, when does Amazake become a mission for Hakkaisen? Well, not just for Hakkaisen, but the, you know, the sake industry has been in the declining phase for a long, long time, like maybe like mid eighties or something. And so a lot of, you know, people, Japanese people started to not to drink sake much anymore. So that's become a problem for whole industry. So, uh, you know, Hakkaisan, you know, was think like hope, like looking for another key commodity for our company. And around the same time, you know, our uh, current president, you know, uh, was thinking he he was basically thinking like, you know, the the Amazake that my Kurabito makes, like really, really good. I mean, it's really good, tasty, uh, you know, Amazake should we sell it? You know, like, should we try to sell it, like put it on the market and see what's going to happen? And so that's basically, that's what happened. You know, we were looking for something, you know, another sort of like pillar for our business. But at the same time, you know, he was curious, like, you know, we make really good amasake, you know, we want to know what, you know, how other people would think. So that's how we started. 
producing of amazake, but like, you know, we were producing amazake. It's just a, like a corner of our sakagura. So it wasn't like any dedicated, you know, space or anything. And so uh, it was small, very small production from the beginning. Wow. Kind of serendipitous yeah, in nature. Yeah. And then, I mean, we have no idea how shiokoji would be picked up. The ear around that Hakai-san started to study about our own amasake was probably 2007-ish. And then we studied and, you know, how we produce and how we packaging and how we, you know, do the uh, delivering and everything because it's very different from sake. So mm-hmm. we have to learn, we have to research about those things. So we spend about, you know, two, three years before we actually release Amasake. So Hakai-san released our first Amasake on the market. It was 2009. So you guys, you, you were ahead of the game just a little bit. Because that, because as you're the the trajectory from Shiokoji, kind of what you saw is Shiokoji take off in 2011, mm-hmm. and then as you said, in general for the larger population, it was more around 2013 or so yeah, when yeah, 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 when yeah. people kind of started to shift and say, what are the other things on the periphery mm-hmm, here mm-hmm. that could be healthy mm-hmm. alternatives and you know using koji or whatever and yeah. almazaki was kind of the next one that then got picked up i say is in the zeitgeist i guess yeah. um, zeitgeist. but you guys yeah i you know but you guys were you know were you were out you were out ahead of it just a couple of years yeah yeah totally by chance yeah and then because we were sakagura you know mm-hmm. we know how to treat our rice and we know how to grow good koji uh, on the on the rice, um, so I guess that's that's how we were able to make a very good quality amasake. And then how did that how did that grow then in the coming years? It's you know you bring that to market in two thousand nine mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. you know as a as an experiment, um, right? Right. You know the I the mean, market changes a lot all, in twenty eleven uh, thirteen. How did how did yeah. that grow kind of over time? Because I know yeah. you now have very dedicated operations to, you know, to making Amazaki. How how has that changed over the years? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, when we released in 2009, you know, there wasn't market or anything. And people, like, you know, people forget about Amazaki for over 100 years. Mm -hmm. And then before Hakkai-san, there are some, you know, other companies releasing Amazaki. But uh, Morinaga's, uh, you know, the red can Amazaki has been the only Amazaki in the market since, like, late 1960, I mean, 60. So that's yeah. the only one. So then, you know, now Hakkai-san Amasake is just boom in the market. So people were yeah. really not interested in. But yeah. then, so at the, the 2009 Amasake market as a whole, as a whole mm. was about 30 million industry, mm. you know, as a whole, not just mm. us. So it's not that big of the industry at the mm. time. 30 then, million yen? 30 million yen. Okay. Yeah. So it's not that not that much of the, yeah. you know, the size of the industry. But then, you know, when Shiokoji got picked up in 2011, uh, by 2013, you know, Shiokoji market boomed mm. uh, to like, uh, you know, to 50 million. And so around that time, uh, you know, we, we started off as a uh, the glass bottle mm. Amazake, but then, you know, it... It has a lot of uh, um, problem with it. Uh, one is the too heavy, mm-hmm. and then the targeted con- targeted consumer is tends to be uh, uh, women, and tends to be uh, uh, you know elderly women. So mm-hmm. uh, people were having a lot of like accidents <laughs> because uh-huh. it's too heavy. <laughs> it gets yeah. slippery as well. Yeah. So we decided to put it in uh, the the plastic package that that mm-hmm. we have mm-hmm. in currently, mm-hmm. and that makes you know, our uh, Amazake to be picked up uh, in the market, I think. And mm-hmm. also the uh, the quality of Amazake, you know, uh, changed over the years as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started off uh, using rice a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. a koji and the rice and the water, but mm-hmm. then we, you know, shifted over to only koji and the water. Were there any reasons behind why Hakkai-san decided to only go with koji and water and not rice? I actually don't know. Because <laughs> <laughs> I made amazake at home. I actually made amazake last weekend, uh, took up Justin's advice. And yeah, the yeah, recipe yeah. called for some koji and also some um, okayu or porridge-like uh-huh. rice. Right. Right. And 
so that's kind of the the recipe that I had in mind. But when I went and picked up a bottle of Hakkaisan yeah. Amazake, it said koji and water and, the water. and nothing else, yes. not even rice. So I was right. just curious what the if there were any reasonings behind it. Right. Um, I actually don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't know. Sorry about that. No, um, that's good. It means episode number two of Amazake is coming. Yeah, up. <laughs> I I would assume it probably makes for like a fuller, perhaps even sweeter Amazake that way, using only koji. But I guess we could do an experiment even in house doing do a second right. air, you know, batch testing of Amazake. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, that's right. I I completely forgot that actually that it was that yours is that yours is one hundred percent koji. That was probably, that's yeah. I, I yeah. It's it's so yeah. It's so how do you say? It's just so available now. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I in a good way. I don't I don't think about it too much anymore because it's just there, you know. Whereas eight eight years ago or whatever, it was it was a surprise to see it ever. It was like oh they have it here too. Oh they have it here too. Whereas now it's just kind of generally prevalent. Mm-hmm. It's just around. And so I, I, yeah, I forget some of those details, but it is, yeah, it really has changed yeah. a good deal. And now, so is all, most of the production, is it all up um, in Minami Uonuma in the same area, same facilities as the sake brewery? Where's, yes, where yes, you make, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it's in a close proximate. It's in the same town. Um, so we first, we built dedicated Amasake uh, factory in 2013. And then, uh, uh, you know, market got bigger. So we had to build another facility in a different location, which is the current, current locations uh, in 2015. But then uh, the, the real Amazake boom arrived in 2017, I uh, know, 2000, I guess, uh, 2015, 2015. So then we quickly, like not even the, in the year, we quickly, you know, couldn't really produce as much as we wanted to, to answer for the demand. So we expanded the location in 2017 so for salesperson like myself 2016 amazake season was very very difficult i have we all have like so many telephone calls from our customer then we have to you know just sorry you know we just don't have it anymore and it was very hard you know difficult time but um we were able to expand our production and now we were able to produce, uh, you know, amount of Amazake that market is requiring, I mean, requesting us to do. What happened? What happened around 2015 that had that explosion? Was there anything? Was it just an extension of, you know, the Shio Koji and sort of the health trends that people were looking at with Koji or was there some, did something happen that resulted in that just massive yeah, growth I think, and demand? Like, I think around like, like, uh, 15, like 2015, 2016, a lot of like, you know, the TV program picked up, mm-hmm. you know, um, started to, you know, talk about Amasake. And uh, in 2016, uh, Hakkai-san was uh, interviewed by uh, Cambodia Kyuden. Mm, and okay. our president was on, on the show talking about our product, but uh, talking about Amasake as well. So um, that's probably not the only reason that uh, the TV mm. show, but... Uh, uh, I don't know. It was just really by chance. The market yeah. was like really yeah. showing the interest to Amazake um, around that time. And of course, Hakai-san has a lot of activity uh, trying to tell, you know, what's the koji fermentation? What yeah. is Amazake? What is the shiokoji type of yeah. uh, activities as well yeah. in our uh, in our office in Tokyo? Uh, yeah. We had, uh, we held, um, seminars and workshops for uh, regular people uh, mm. to teach about the koji fermentation. Mm, 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 mm. So that got really popular as well. 
Yeah. Did those, did a lot of those, did those start around the same time? I guess, yeah, for our listeners, I mean, not right now, obviously, I don't think given, you know, the COVID and everything, but you know, in, in your offices in Tokyo, I know you have a space dedicated to workshops and seminars and only actually a small fraction of them, fraction of them are sake workshops. A lot of them are what it's amazaki or miso making or all these other types of things as well too, which I know you're Mm -hmm. very involved in. Right, did, right. did did that start? Had you been doing those for a long time, or did those really start around the time that Amazake picked up? Um, I mean, we Hakai-san started those seminars and workshops to generally like wants to introduce what's the sake, uh, sake is all about, and mm-hmm. how you know anything related to sake and koji fermentation that we wanted to, you know, to tell. And of course that we have the related products. So we wanted to promote those things as well. But yeah, I think all those things happen around the same time, maybe like a year or two different. So like from 2013 to 2016, it's like pretty much that that's the golden ears of uh, Amasake. Mm, maybe a bit of a chicken or egg situation there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's hard to tell which came first. I guess I guess that kind of leads me to another question I wanted to ask you is then, so then when you bring Amazake to the market and everyone, when you tell, when you say the word Amazake, everybody at that time envisions the sake kasu Amazake, mm-hmm. right? You're talking about the Morinaga, the stuff that's, it's super sweet. That's in a can. Yeah. You can buy it from a vending yeah. machine or whatever, you know, yeah, that was yeah. the only thing on the market. Right. Um, people's association with that. So when you yeah. bring this, not new, but at the time for most people, new Amazake, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, this Koji fermentation yeah. yeah. Amazake to the market, what is your proposition? How, how, what do you tell people it is? How do you, right. um, how do you differentiate that from what people expect? Right. And then, what is you you're talking about you know young mothers or these right. this female demographic who was who was your demographic and sort of what what did you what were you presenting to people mm-hmm, um in mm-hmm. order to get them interested right right um our primarily uh uh stage for uh introducing amazake was our uh seminars and uh workshops that we did in our uh, Tokyo office. And the most of the customers are like from like mid 20 to like about 50, maybe a little bit more women, uh, years old women. It's a, it's mostly a professional woman. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, how we did it was that to just let them drink mm-hmm. and, you know, ask question. Like if you know Amasake and almost everybody raised hands and almost mm. everybody knows Amazake, but mm. most everybody thinks Amazake is a Kasa Amazake because mm. of their familiarity mm. with that, uh, the shrine in the winter time and all that. So I let them make, uh, let them drink like both. We mm. prepare both and then let mm. them drink. Mm. And they surprise how mm. different uh, one from the other and mm. some people like absolutely do not like kasu, mm. uh, but like even those people, uh, you know, when they drink uh, koji amasake, they were like, "Oh my gosh, it's so good!" Mm. You know, I can't believe this is amasake. You know, I always hated amasake. I always refused amasake, but mm. this is this is amazing. You mm. know, that's how we got reaction. So, like, yeah. you know, uh, more than thousand words. I mean, it's just one. Like, you know, one sip of Amazake yeah. makes their, you know, mm. vision of Amazake changed. Is there, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not up to date on the latest research or anything, but I know that when it comes to, you know, fermented drinks, mm-hmm. just in general, that the health aspect tends oh, to yeah. be a big one. Right, um, right. What is... Is, is that something that, at least Hakai said that you guys, is that something that you push or that you try to sell? Yeah. Is that that <clears throat> healthy component mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. what is, what sort of your relationship with that is? Are customers interested in that? Yeah. Uh, when we, when we talk to our customer, you know, we, you know, we explain the mechanism of the, how Koji Koji works on the rice and how the amazake is made and uh, you know what are those like good things come out from the fermentation 
-hmm. So uh, basically, uh, <clears throat> the rice is uh, uh, carbohydrate. Carbohydrate is the large uh, molecule, like chained molecules, or like uh, mm -hmm. chained molecules, and it's it's a big component mm -hmm. of uh, of the the molecules. Mm -hmm. And that what happens is that uh, when koji is grow on the rice, mm -hmm. the koji release the enzymes to mm -hmm. uh, you know break it down those molecules, mm -hmm. and uh, and then make it like a a single molecules rather than mm -hmm. just chain mm -hmm. the large molecules. Mm -hmm. And then once the you know the single molecules happens, that's the uh, it's a glucose. It changes mm -hmm. the components from the carbohydrates to glucose, mm -hmm. and so that's where that uh, sweetness comes out. Mm -hmm. And then that I mean that's the pretty much the main components of the masake. Mm -hmm. But there are so many good you know vitamins and the minerals comes out, mm -hmm. and uh, especially uh, vitamin Bs. Almost mm -hmm. complete vitamin Bs except 12 is in mm -hmm. amasake. Okay. And what vitamin Bs do is to um, help digest all those food that we do eat through through the day, like mm -hmm. rice, bread, pasta, uh, meat, fish, vegetables, anything that we eat. So it's it's helping digestion. So that's a that's a good thing for our body. And also the the complete amino acids. Mm -hmm. um, and the amino acids is helping our cell to, you know, recreate and rejuvenate. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the, the skin gets better, our, mm -hmm. uh, you know, digestive system got better. So it's all good stuff is happening. And, uh, you know, folic acids, another thing. So it's a, it's a wonderful thing to have for younger women who is looking forward to have a baby. Mm -hmm. Um to name few, I mean, there are so many good stuff coming out from this uh, simple uh, for uh, koji fermentation. Mm -hmm. So those are the things that uh, we talk to our customer, and uh, they were really curious mm -hmm. about it. And of course, that's a that's a really good sugar resource for mm -hmm. younger children. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of like moms having a trouble. Uh, dealing with how much, like how they feed their children as the sweet stuff, you mm. know. Uh, you know, a lot of kids have like, you know, sugar, sugar overloads and, mm. you know, like sugar crash. But mm. Amazake would give you like a good amount of sugar, but then it would not give you a sugar crash because mm. of the nature of the glucose in Amazake is very different from the white sugar. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Where's I? It's <laughs> yeah. I know bit. I went all over. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's good. I'm trying to think. No, I, as that actually leaves me. It's a bit of a um, with, without getting too personal. I do know that you are a. I know that you are a new mother now. Mm -hmm. Um, how has becoming a mother has that changed your perception or your relationship with amazake or fermented foods or whatever? Has that do you do you now think about those things differently or i mean you were in a position for a long time you know communicating this stuff to right, right. you know a, a population of people that were you know that right. were thinking about that has your right. relationship changed at all with actually um um relationship to amazake or like you know all ferment you know koji fermented food is uh uh hasn't been changed because of my uh, pregnancy and giving birth to my child, but uh, going way, way, way back to your first original question about yeah. like where I came from, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I am so sorry. I've totally Let's skipped that it. part. It's <laughs> skipped that part. So uh, I got into this fermentation world is that when I came back from United States, I went to uh, United States in uh, late 90s and I went to school there and I got my first job and I returned back to Japan uh, in 2012 and I started to work for uh, medical industry it, and I was working for a uh, medical equipment company, uh, American medical equipment company and I worked there for two years and then during the two years I see a lot of like you know uh, people working in a company got sick mm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, even though the company was trying to, you know, it was the, the <laughs> you know, they were promoting like um, the quality of life of the, the patients, but they were getting sick because of the overloading of work and and the the first floor in the, my office building has the uh, uh, the convenience store, mm. and the, most of the people were eating convenience store food three times a day, mm. and and so I was like, I have a big big question. Like you know, people are getting sick. People were getting like like you know mentally sick as well, mm. and you know they were trying to like help you know sick people. So I had a super rare chance to talk to the the president of the company. I mean, the the Japan company president. Mm -hmm. And then I asked, like, do you have any plan having like a company canteen? So you, we can, you know, the company can provide healthy food to our workers. And he, Mm -hmm. he looked at me like I am alien or something. He was like, (laughs) what are you talking about? Like, you know, there's no way that we can do it. I mean, this is not, you know, this is not the building that we can do this. And he has all sorts of, you know, answers, but I was like, I couldn't settle down with it. And so I kind of started to lose interest working for that company and searching for something, you know, something else. And at the time, you know, I had a friend who suggested to go to Hakkai-san seminar. So I was, one of the customer okay. for Hakkai San fermentation seminar. Okay. And uh, I went to the seminar and I listened to the story. And um, I'm a, a sake salesperson, but I can't drink sake at all. <laughs> I have no enzyme to break it down the alcohol. So I get yeah. sick. So I'm basically allergic for the alcohol. Yeah. And a lot of customers don't know that. <laughs> but anyway, so, uh, so I was like listening. That was about special... A seminar on like seasonal sake and uh, the person from Osaka, uh, uh, the Kurabito from Niigata came and talking to us about the, how the fermentation works and everything. So when I learned about that, so mm. sake in a bottle without pasteurization, it's a, mm. still a living thing and changes every day. And, and we have that for so many years, like a thousand years, you know? And I was like, oh my gosh, I am so proud to be a Japanese, you know, even though I don't drink sake, but I was really happy and proud to be a a national of this, you know, of this uh, fermentation history. Yeah. And and then that that's how I got really got into mm. you know uh, the fermentation mm. and the, you know more I learn about fermentation, uh, like fermented food, given give us everything that we need to live. Yeah. You know yeah. we don't have to seek anything else from mm. any other places. And so it, it I I you know I learned that it's a very smart very uh, simple, very sustainable way of eating, way of thinking about food. Mm. And that's how I got into it. And then one day I took several courses and the one day I took the, uh, the uh, Hakkai-san seminar, I asked the person, uh, Hakkai-san staff, uh, do you guys ship out your products to overseas? And then they said, mm. yes. And and do you have anybody who does that? And then that just happened to be my coworker uh, was working that night. So I mm-hmm. got to sp- spoke to him and then mm-hmm. I asked, so how many people in your, you know, international team? And he said, only two. It's like, oh my gosh, maybe there is a room for me to get <laughs> into it. So I wrote like the longest love letter I ever wrote in my entire life to Hakkai-san <laughs> and, um, you know, please hire me. You know, I love yeah. your products and, you know, I, this is, I, you know, this is my proposal, you know, yeah. and it took me like almost like a half a year to go through, like Hakkai-san gave me so many interviews, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I was able to get that position. So uh, it was way before, you know, I conceived my child uh, yeah. <laughs> that I met, you know, fermented world. So, 
I, it didn't really change uh, how, you know, my relationship to, you know, fermented food, amasake, because of my pregnancy, but uh, definitely helped me to get pregnant uh, mm-hmm. uh, naturally yeah. uh, was, uh, is really the, the product of uh, the fermented food. That's excellent. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, so now you've got, you know, there's a market in Japan that is loving their amazake. Mm-hmm. You know, it's out there. People know what it is. Um, for there's a lot of the world that doesn't know what it is or has mm-hmm. never had the opportunity mm-hmm. to try it. Um, what does, you mentioned a little bit earlier that you just started um, last year exporting to the U.S. Yeah. Um, what does the proposition for Amazake look like going forward um, for, for you or for Hakkai-san? You know, you're looking at exports now. Mm-hmm. What is the proposition? How do you tell people how, how to enjoy, how do you enjoy this beverage yeah, or preparation? Yeah. What is it? What yeah. do you have idea for recipes or when you're taking these things, uh, you know, mm-hmm. to the U S mm-hmm. um, what's that, what's that process look like and how, right. how are you introducing it? Right. And, um, you know, in the 2019, when we released, I, you know, I started to travel to the United States a lot and talk to uh, first, you know, our distributor. You know, our distributor needs to understand the product and distributor needs to love the idea and love the product. So I did a lot of presentation to the uh, distributor throughout Mm. the United States and they loved it. And then they Mm. were, you know, they were very helpful for for our product to be able to, you know, safely shipped over to to United Mm. States. And for the consumers, uh, we believe you know, this product, you know, we have to speak to the, the to the customers directly. So, uh, you know, we did the uh, uh, couple uh, mm. seminars and workshops in New York City and uh, L.A. But unfortunately, I mean, it was really successful. People were really drawn into this product and idea of it. But then the, the corona happened. Mm. So we kind of stopped everything. Um, so Tim did uh, one session, uh, uh, the, the Zoom uh, uh, Amazake seminars, but uh, not much activity that we could be, you know, we could done last, last year. So, you know, when we able to pick up, you know, uh, you know, going back to, you know, traveling back to the States, I think we wanted to do more seminars and uh, the uh, workshops, but and a different style from what we do in, in Tokyo. We have a Tokyo office and we have a dedicated space to do that. But for in America, you know, we were trying to uh, find, that, uh, you know, fermentation, you know, mindset oriented, you know, chefs and the restaurants who already have a relationship with Hakkai-san Sake. So, you know, they easily understand who we are and everything. Uh, So to, you know, if they were interested, maybe we can tag tag in with each other to, you know, uh, to use their space and uh, uh, to use the chef's skill Mm -hmm. to use uh, Amazake for, you know, food and desserts and, you know, drinks for, you know, the end of the, the seminars, we can serve those things as a actual, you know, experience, you know, what Amazake tastes like and how Amazake will be consumed. Uh, so we would like to make those sessions. And uh, just a few interaction in 2019 with the uh, professional people to the regular people, what I found out is that, uh you know, people are looking for some natural way of uh, sort of like like the, the, the changing their health, you know, uh, not on the supplement or any sort of medication, but to through the food, you know, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a slow process, it's, but it's definite. And then once your body got changed to the better way, it's more difficult to going back to the, to the bad mm-hmm. stage. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. I think yeah. Amazake is in a very special position in the market where you not only have affinity with, you know, um, businesses and chefs and consumers who were mm-hmm. familiar with sake, but you're also in this very unique and blessed position to 
to reach out to, like you said, um, a health conscious population mm-hmm. right. or audience. So mm-hmm. like, you know, I can see Emma's like thriving in the field of like probiotic foods and fermented mm-hmm. foods. And there's a ever so growing interest in nurturing, you know, gut flora and just kind of right. fundamentally changing our right. well-being from right. a you know, micro level. So mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I think Amazakis has a very promising and bright future ahead, even in international markets. Yes, yes. And speaking of pairing up with chefs and creating, you know, showing how Amazake can not only be drunk as a, a drink, but to how it can be versatile and be used in cooking as well. That's something yeah. that um, here in, in the markets here in Japan, people are starting to... To kind of experiment and incorporate mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. definitely has room to grow yeah. um as a expert in these things do you have any personal recommendations or recipes you might want to share with our listeners yeah absolutely i'm actually drinking amasake ginger cocoa every day for past about two years or so and that's wow. my uh uh breakfast and I'm loving it and another drink that I would like to suggest is really really weird sounds really weird but tastes wonderful is the tomato juice mix tomato juice and amasake it's very very good so in Hakai-san because we located it in Niigata and uh uh you know a lot of people like to climb on the mountain you know Mm -hmm. so the when they go on the mountain they have like a mixture of uh, uh, amazake and uh, tomato juice to go up in the mountain to drink, uh, you know. So amazake, one of the things amazake lacking is the vitamin C mm-hmm. and and the salt, so mm-hmm. sodium. So you, if you mm-hmm. add, you know, like sodium, like a little bit of sodium in it, tomato juice would mm-hmm. bring those two. And, you know, when you get sweat, you're not just, you know, losing your water, but you were losing your, you know, like other things as well. So Vitamins that's a complete nourishment. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's, that's a two good, you know, drink suggestion. And uh, for food, oh, I can think of so many things, but uh, uh, like when you make a, uh, a sweet egg omelet, Instead of mm. using like uh, sugar, uh, amazake is really great way of using it. Or uh, French toast. So French toast mm. usually like mixture of that egg and delicious. milk, but right. like egg and amazake, and you know you you soak your bread for a while and then you know mm-hmm. cook it with the butter. It's really mm. wonderful. Um, well, what I what I use amazake. Hmm. Uh, oh, pumpkins, like, you know, when, when pumpkins are seasoned, sometimes pumpkin doesn't bring so much of the sugar out of itself. So mm-hmm. I add a little bit of amazake to it, and that makes it very great as well. Mm-hmm. And I make amazake dressing. Uh, I mix amazake with miso or soy sauce mm-hmm. to, to create some kind of marinade. Or like fish and meat, that's that's really great. You can grill, you can broil, you can steam any way that you would like to do. Uh, in so many ways. And Hakai-san has a website, uh, dedicated Amazake website, which uh, we update uh, Amazake recipes. Awesome. That, that's yeah. not in English, is it? It's not English. Darn it. Sorry. Well, we'll we'll link it anyway. We'll link it Japan, anyway. For our Japan and... side listeners. Thank you. Thank you. And it's it's a visually beautiful. And then you, yeah. I mean, if you cook a little bit, like you, I think you can imagine how it works. Amasake is really wonderful sugar substitute mm-hmm. or mirin substitute. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can add amasake and sake, maybe old sake that you have left it on your counter for a while and you have no idea when you open it. And you know, not in a good condition to drink itself, but you can you can use it for uh, for cooking and the combination of sake and amasake basically create mirin, so it's it's oh. good. That way you won't waste it. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. That is wonderful. Um, Shoko, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, for your time, is there any any last words or anything that you wanted to get in that you wanted to? Any last words? No. <laughs> 
No. Any Is last... there any last thing? Yeah, the comments or things you wanted to share or places um, you recommend people looking for either Amazake or just Hakkai-san related info mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. or anything? Yeah, people are... yeah. Yeah, well, thank you very much for having me today. Uh, Hakkai-san uh, information is uh, found uh, can be found in Hakkai-san.com. Yeah. Uh, which is an English website, which is uh, not having the recipe of Amazaki in it. Yeah. Uh, Japanese Hakkai-san uh, website yeah. has a whole a lot of information about our, all of our products. And uh, the one thing that I would like to mention in the last is that Hakkai-san, in 2022, Hakkai-san is going to hit the 100th of year anniversary. Uh-huh. So uh, not just Amazaki per se, but we were going to... Uh, thinking about doing something special. I don't know much about it yet, so I can't really tell you anything <laughs> what is going to happen, but uh, we're planning on something uh, wonderful. So uh, please look for it. And uh, hopefully uh, we can get back to our feet to do more uh, you know, seminars and uh, uh, workshops so we can meet more of, you know, more of our customers. And... Um, yeah. Thank you so much for today. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for joining us. So yeah. Thank Oops. you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Keep it. So yeah. Keep an eye on Hakkai-san related activities for 2021. Um, Cause there's yeah. Uh, exciting things coming in the near future. It sounds mm-hmm. like wonderful. Shoko, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you. Um, and you take care of yourself um, and your family. Um, stay happy, stay healthy. And thank you. We, yes. will, we will check in with you again here uh, once you're... Wonderful. Um, yeah, once Wonderful. Uh, down the road. And we'll, we'll kind of see where these, how this world of Amazake develops yes. um, in the coming years. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Speak to you again soon. Yeah. Yes. And that will wrap it up for this week's episode of Sake on Air. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. And if you happen to have any questions, you can get in touch with us at questions at sakeonair.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter uh, by searching at Sake on Air. Sake on Air is brought to you with the amazing support of the Japan Sake and Shochu Makers Association and broadcasts under normal circumstances from the Japan Sake and Shochu Information Center in the heart of Tokyo. The show is a co-production between Export Japan and Potsuke Productions. Have a great week, a fantastic holiday season, and kanpai!